New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally Savvy with registered holistic nutritionist Andrea Donsky and health journalist Lisa Davis. Hi, everybody. I'm Andrea Donsky and Lisa Davis is away today. And you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. So today we're going to be talking to one of my favorite people. It's Matt McLean from Uncle Matt's Organic. And at Naturally Savvy, we are very picky with who we choose to work with. And Matt has been working with Naturally Savvy for a while now. And I want to introduce you to who is behind the brand, introduce you to Uncle Matt's Organic and, you know, let you know why, I guess, share with you why we love them so much. And just so you guys can get to know a little bit more about their product line and you know, who's behind it. So Matt, welcome to Naturally Savvy Radio. Thank you very much, Andrea. Um, pleasure to be here and excited to talk to you today and tell you more about Uncle Matt. I love it. All right, so let's start with, I'm guessing we know the name. Your name is Matt and the company is Uncle Matt's. But let's tell us how the, how the company got started and where the name come, came from. Yeah, no problem. So I am uh, part of a fourth-generation Florida citrus family. I grew up in it in uh, hot groves in Florida. And so, you know, it was really part of who we are as a family. And when I started Uncle Matt's Organic, I didn't know anything about retail or distribution mm-hmm. or things like that. Uh, I was more uh, fresh out of college and still trying to find my way through business. And um, I decided that there was this aha moment and there was an organic orange juice in Florida, and there wasn't uh, organic orange juice nationwide, and decided, hey, I need to come up with something, uh, some kind of brand, and put it out there, and started coming up with a lot of generic names that were pretty bad. And my sister-in-law, Anne Marie, it actually came to her uh, in a dream, and she felt um, that, hey, Uncle Matt could be the name. Uh, It's about the next generation anyway, organic, and farming for the next generation, and protecting the environment, and and, uh, growing better product for them. And so... I didn't really want to be that face person of the of the brand and the name, but um, <laughs> it actually made perfect sense. I had two nieces and nephews at that time today. I have 10 and uh, two of my own kids. So definitely oh, Uncle Matt is kind of a name, I guess, now you don't forget. Uh, and I always get that same question. <laughs> Are you a real uncle? <laughs> Are you a real uncle? And is Matt really behind the brand? I love it. Is there really a Matt? You probably hear that a lot, too. I do. And can you imagine when I started this 20 years ago, I was 27 years old and I probably looked 22 or maybe 15. And so I would be demoing or at a trade show and older people would come by and like, there's no oh, way hilarious. you're an uncle. <laughs> they, were, uh, they wanted proof. Awesome. I love it. So Matt, you know, obviously eating organic is very important, but why organic orange juice? Well, I mean, organic... Uh, we farm without synthetic fertilizers or pesticides or herbicides. Um, you know, they don't peel the orange before they process it, so th- there is some wonderful environmental benefits from farming organic. Um, and you know, just if you want to lessen your exposure to uh, pesticides, synthetic fertilizers, etc., then organic is a great option uh, for you. And so, from us from the beginning, it really was our passion because we felt uh, farming organic. Uh, was the best option for a healthy soil, a healthy tree, and the end product. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we really feel that that um, long-term is more sustainable for agriculture and um, mm-hmm. for overall health. Hmm. 
talk a little bit about, so if, let's say somebody's new listening to the podcast and they're like, well, I think I've heard of Uncle Matt's. I know, you know, I've seen their orange juice on the shelf. Talk a little bit about the different products that you offer that people can try. So let's say, for example, they don't drink orange juice, but maybe they drink some other type of juice. Sure. Well, our number one seller is just the pulp-free orange juice. You can find that in most places uh, near you that are either a Whole Foods or Publix, a Kroger, uh, or even in Targets now. Uh, in Dollar Generals, which is kind of crazy. But if you're looking for something besides orange juice, we do other things. We have uh, a lemonade. We have an uh, unfiltered apple juice. comes out of Washington. It's fantastic. It's, it's so good. It's dark brown. Mm-hmm. Looks, looks like coffee, but tastes like a, mm-hmm. a fantastic fresh apple that you just picked. Um, we also do, uh, we have a line of kombucha. So we mm-hmm. do a probiotic green tea kombucha. Use only green tea to ferment instead of the traditional black uh, tea it helps with less vinegar bite and also gives you know great antioxidants that green tea is known for. So you got some other options: uh, kombucha, uh, lemonade, apple juice, um, and then of course our orange juices and grapefruit juice. Hmm. Now you you, know, you were talked about you know you were you were born into a farming family. Let's talk about your dad for a little bit, Benny. Right, I believe it's hmm? your, it's your yeah. dad's name. Okay, so let's talk about your Correct. dad and how has he influenced you in your, you know, in farming practices and your love for organic farming. Yeah, sure. So, <clears throat> dad was he was similar to my grandfather. When I talked to my grandfather, he said, you know, I first asked him, "Hey, can we farm organic in Florida?" I wasn't sure if we could even uh, do it. I wasn't familiar with organic farming in the middle '90s when I first had the idea. Um, and both he and my father were there and. And they assured me that, hey, uh, we did this before pesticides uh, were invented. Uh, in Florida, they, they farmed basically organic. They just didn't call it organic. And a lot of those practices uh, were, you know, very good for Florida soils. You know, they used compost. They used cover crops, um, you know, natural things to help really grow the mm-hmm. organic material uh, in the soil and, and the biology and the good, good bugs to fend off the bad bugs, so mm-hmm. to speak. And so, you know, my dad was always there um, as sort of the mentor on the ag side. He was their agronomist, really, my, my dad, my grandfather, and my brother. Uh, those are the guys that went to school for agronomy and have um, uh, done it all their life. I have a, I'm a dangerous agronomist. Um, I'm more of the sales and marketing and the, the overall uh, business guy, and that's why I went to college. I actually went to college to get out of the the citrus business because I felt there had to be something better than spending my summers in a hot orange grove uh, mm-hmm. pruning trees or planting them or picking fruit. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But, no, my father has always been very supportive. Uh, he was from day one that, yeah, you're right, this is a better way to farm. And uh, we converted his grove uh, in the backyard where I grew up. He was one of the first ones that we converted from conventional farming to organic. And so, you know, they had come a long ways, uh, kind of full circle. They farmed without pesticides and synthetic fertilizers until, like the rest mm-hmm. of the industry, it became prevalent and production practices uh, changed in the university and and uh, people would tell them, hey, these are the next, the next methods and the things that you should do to produce more fruit per acre at, at lower cost. And so he and my grandfather mm-hmm. had... I saw enough firsthand that, you know, hey, a lot of those older practices of composting and cover cropping uh, and using more natural materials like seaweed and fish emulsion, things like that, 
were very productive and they were very healthy for the soil. They were those methods were never really disproven. They were just displaced by newer mm-hmm. technologies, and so they were mm-hmm. they were very fond about going back to their roots and how things were done uh, before the invention of the pesticides. And so he uh, he put his money where his mouth was uh, was and. He started helping Uncle Matt's convert growers to organic, um, and he became a full-time organic uh, grower. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, it really helped us build our supply base, and today we we still travel um, around the the country and also, you know, use North America and South America and talk about uh, how to grow organic, and not just citrus. Uh, Other uh, farmers and other crops uh, ask us to help as well. You know, let's talk about organic for a minute for people who aren't familiar. I mean, I think most people have heard of the term organic, that they may not understand exactly what it is. And you're you're talking a lot about growing practices, but maybe sum it up for somebody. You know, what does it mean to be an organic farmer? Because it's a lot of work and you have to do a lot more, go out of your way to do a lot more things because you're not using chemicals and pesticides to spray off the weeds. So you have to be pretty inventive and innovative in terms of what you're doing. But I think it would be a a really good idea to just share what it means to you to be an organic farmer and how does that differ from conventional? So right out of the gate, you have um, rules and regulations you have to abide by in order to call yourself organic and use the USDA organic seal. So legally, there's an obligation, if you want to be organic, um, where you have to follow the rules. And if you break those rules, there are uh, penalties of incarceration Mm -hmm. and fines. And Mm -hmm. so that's much steeper than any of those other seals. You know, they don't do that for being you know, non-GMO certified, for sure. They don't incarcerate or, or put anybody in jail, uh, you know, kosher and all those things. Um, so first off, it's a true commitment, um, unlike any other. Uh, it is enforced by the USDA and regulated by the USDA. Uh, so that's number one. you got to be prepared to have uh, detailed record keeping. From the date of your last prohibited substance, so if you went out there and sprayed a weed killer uh, that was not on the approved list, for organic uh, approved materials, you would have to wait three years from the date of that last prohibited substance. And from there, you would then have to um, maintain an organic program for those three years until you get to um, that anniversary date where you could be certified as organic. And along that way, you're keeping detailed records. Um, you're making your certifiers coming in, and they're um, looking at your records, and then they do annual audits. And they can also mm-hmm. do unannounced audits. Uh, and inspect your facility. And so, you know, we do a really good job of trying to um, keep a large book of everything we do, of all the supplies that we have to make sure, you know, it's a a, a great traceable audit trail from Grove to Glass. Well, I love that you said that there are strict... certification piece. (laughs) Well, I, I think it's important that you talk about the, you know, the fact that if you don't follow the strict regulations, there is you know, some major penalties, fines, and incarcerations, Mm -hmm. because I hear a lot as somebody who's out there and promoting organic that, oh, is it really real? And, oh, I hear all the time Mm -hmm. organic doesn't really mean much. And there's, you know, but it really, there's a big difference between natural and organic, but organic itself, you have some, you really have to follow the rules. And I love that you, that you talked about that, because I think people don't understand that there's some hefty rules that you have to follow. And if you don't, well, there's right. some hefty fines right. and penalties for it. Right. And are there bad actors? Sure. Um, you know, where there's profit, there's criminals. Um, and mm-hmm. so we want to make sure and maintain the integrity of the seal, 
um, and you know, and have USDA enforce uh, the laws. And they do every year. You can see they'll catch people. They'll revoke their certificates. Uh, they'll take them to court. They'll fine them. And in some cases, they have uh, thrown people in jail because it was so wow. egregious. But so that's the certification step. Um, you know, the next part is that you develop your organic farm plan. And you basically look at, okay, how do I improve the health of this orchard uh, or whatever you're farming? And it could it can be anything from, uh, you know, dairy cows to uh, raising uh, chickens for eggs or vegetables um, or, or citrus for that matter. And so you'll start with an organic farm plan, and it'll be, okay, how do I, how do, I do this uh, in an organic method using approved materials? So, you know, we'll put out... Uh, instead of um, your typical like ammonium sulfate or ammonium nitrate or urea, uh, we'll use uh, peanut meal and we'll use uh, compost. We'll, we'll use cottonseed meal, some of those other things, feather meal. Those are uh, mm-hmm. all nitrogen sources that also help with uh, building soil and um, you know really affecting the organic matter and the uh, capabilities of that tree to feed itself or that crop to feed itself. And we've learned a whole lot over the years, you know, what works and what doesn't work. Uh, you'll look at a, a program if you have pest pressure, you know, are you spraying neem oil instead of a, a you know, a neonicotinoid pesticide, you know, something right. that is a lot softer on the environment. Uh, it comes from natural sources. We'll spray, you know, for minor nutrients, you'll spray seaweed or fish emulsion. Fish emulsion also is a good source for nitrogen. Um, so some of those things instead of your synthetic options that you get um, today. And so really a holistic approach. Uh, the organic farmer is always trying to build a healthy soil to begin with and sees that as a living organism that if you, um, if you feed the, that body, which is the soil, whatever comes out of it will be healthier and be uh, able to defend disease better and will yield a better uh, end product. And not everybody gets it right. Mother Nature can be really <laughs> cruel at times with uh, rainfall or lack thereof or you know, drought, et cetera. Um, but that's really the goal with an organic farm plant. How do you make uh, either the soil or if it's an animal, how do you make them healthier uh, naturally instead of synthetically? Now, I know that obviously organic farming is tied in big time to the environment. You touched upon it a little bit. What would you say would be that biggest, the biggest impact that organic farming has on the environment and then some of the other things that trickle down after that as well? Um, you know, I, for me personally, livestock may tell you something else, but from a, a citrus grower, I'm going to say pesticide exposure. You know, mm-hmm. from um, glyphosate, Roundup, we don't use glyphosate in organic. You know, it's recently been proven to be a, a carcinogenic and, you know, people are finding all kinds of issues they've had now with exposure to glyphosate. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll use literally an old mechanical hoe that goes in and chops it down or rotivates it. Or kind of like a vinegar burn down that'll try to stunt the growth and control it. But, you know, weeds or something, organic growers, uh, farmers fight all the time. But if, for me, I would probably say just exposure to pesticides. And that's proven. Organic mm-hmm. lowers your exposure to pesticides. And... Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a, nobody really knows if you have exposure to two, three, four, five different amounts of pesticides, even at really low levels. 
um, that are acceptable by USDA, FDA, etc. Um, nobody really knows the long-term effects of that. And for me, I've always right. been, you know, hey, less is, is better if I can lower my exposure. I don't believe farmers are out there, conventional farmers are not our enemies. Uh, we don't demonize them. They're not out there trying to, you know, poison anything or anybody. Um, and they're following rules and regulations and guidelines of what they're allowed to, to put out. Uh, it's just my personal belief that if we could do it without them, I'll take the, uh, that chance better than, you know, the what-if scenario of multiple exposures at lower levels. It's interesting. You were saying, you know, when you were talking about the alternatives for the farming, you were saying like vinegar and neem and, you know, I don't know if you, you know, what other things as well. So there are definitely these alternatives that work. I mean, obviously it's not a pesticide, so it's not going to kill things uh -huh. instantly, but there are those alternatives that you can use to farm that, you know, possibly that, you know, obviously you use it in larger doses, but possibly people have in their home or people that, you know, we're able to even incorporate into our own home gardening tips. So I think it's so interesting. It makes it so much more, um, you know, it makes me feel that I'm so much more connected to an organic farmer because it, it you're using what, what, what's on the earth, what, you know, it's not man-made chemicals. But I mean, I'm sure some of them Correct. are, of course, but, you know, you're using uh -huh. things that are, yeah, and it's so interesting. Yeah, it's definitely derived um, from Mother Nature, natural products uh, that go into the organic farm plant. So, it. yeah, it, to, for us, it just made sense, right? Um, mm -hmm. And... There's still a lot of research to be done on organic methods and what could be better and make them, you know, um, more productive and, you know, better quality fruit. I mean, all of that stuff is still unknown. Um, I mean, some of it's been figured out, but you continue to learn on a regular basis. There's not near as much research on organic farming practices and methods and, um, and solutions as there is on conventional. I mean, we've had yeah, for sure. 60, 70 years of, conventional farming with reams of data and reams of information. Uh, so we're still playing catch-up on the organic mm -hmm. side. And that's one thing long-term that we strive for is to be, you know, a producer that can be, you know, on par uh, with conventional. So, you know, the food is more accessible to a lot of uh, the population. You know, unfortunately, mm -hmm. organic and it has a premium over the price. Uh, we'd love to say that is the value, which is true, of farm and organic, but from just yeah. a sheer accessibility to the masses, yeah. it would be great if we could, you know, become closer on par with conventional pricing. Hmm. No, which makes a lot of sense. Let's get back to Uncle Matt's mm -hmm. for a minute. Now, I know that you, there are, you offer, or if somebody wants to check out the farm, you do have a way for people to visit the farm, right? Well, on our UPIC uh, that we do, we do have some U-Pick options in the springtime, uh, late mm -hmm. springtime, yes, but not year-round. We used to give a lot of farm tours, but then the good old wonderful insurance uh, companies, uh, they just said, hey, look, there's too much liability. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you sure you want to do that? And so it became right. a little bit more difficult. So we, we limit it more towards our U-Pick season uh, in the springtime. We have U-Pick peaches down here organic. Uh, we do some you pick organic citrus uh, near the office. So, yes, uh, if you're down here in March, April, May uh, in Florida, we're just west of Orlando, and you can find uh, on our little local farm uh, page, McLean Family Farms, which is my last name, 
we'll post different UPIC dates. Hmm. Amazing. And we love now, we we love having people come out. Uh, we love having um, homeschool groups come out and give them tours. I uh, work with the uh, University of Florida. They come down with their entrepreneur uh, MBA students, and great. we talk about business and then take tours. But you know, teaching people how to farm and where it comes from and showing them firsthand. It's amazing how many people still, it's so, you know, cliche, but they don't know where food comes from. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I believe it. And that's why teaching mm-hmm. kids, especially getting, you know, having the schools come out and understand, like, you know, that's why home gardens, anything that's going to show kids yep. or even adults where we're growing our food, that it comes from the soil, that there's, you know, people who are planting. It's, it's, I, I agree with you that a lot of people don't necessarily make the connection, especially in a world of processed foods, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it, what's amazing is your innovation to it, Uncle Matt's, that you have so many interesting drinks like your Orange Energy Coffee Berry. And I just talked about it on a TV segment that I did, and that actually had a, generated a lot of interest. Where do you where do you get the innovation from? Like, is it is it, you know, do you sit as a team? Is it something that comes to your mind? It, you know, talk a little bit about where the innovation is, is I guess, born. Well, ultimately, I think it's my subconscious. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, some consumers, right? I mean, will ask. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. My wife and I talk regularly about things that we, you know, personally buy and comes into our own household. We're organic consumers. Uh, we like to live a healthy lifestyle, and so, you know, what other products do we believe Uncle Matt's could do one a good job at, and two, uh, consumers really are demanding it and would want it. Um, mm-hmm. So those are kind of. You know, we start there first, and you know, I, I just I'm in the industry. I live that healthy lifestyle, so I I consume yeah. other uh, options. You know, I consume turmeric and probiotics. I drink periodically coconut water. Uh, I like caffeine uh, in a natural source, so coffee berry. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, uh, botanicals, ashwagandha, some of those things uh, are you know just prevalent around in our household. So it makes sense. Can we? put them into different uh, beverages and uh, different things to get into people's lifestyle that are more convenient and have easier access. So that's kind of where it gets rooted from. Hmm. That's great. Is there anything that you feel we didn't cover today that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, You know, we have some new, we're we're going into frozen popsicles. Uh, We have an organic popsicle with probiotics that we added to it. And that is launching the end of September in all mm, super yum. targets nationwide. There are nice. three different varieties, cherry, strawberry, and orange mango, sweetened only with fruit juice. So yeah, about 30 to 35 okay. calories per pop. And we put in 1 billion probiotics per pop, which is enough um, of the BC30, the patented BC30, that would prove to be good for digestive support and immune support at that, um, that amount. So... We think it's pretty good. It's a healthy popsicle. Like I said, I have two kids, and you'd be surprised how much sugar is in just a typical little standard frozen novelty treat. And these, we um, we lessened the sugar and, and used only fruit juice and then added some functional benefits. So that, that would be one thing I would add. <laughs> hmm. Which is great. And for those of you who want to follow or to find Uncle Matt's, on their website, more about them, you can go to unclematts.com. And it's unclematts.com and Uncle Matt's Organic, right? Correct. Let me just... Yeah, unclematts.com. Unclematts.com. And we have a Perfect. great store and... locator there. 
Just oh, put good. in your zip yes. code, and it'll tell you what items are available nearby. Uh, and we're soon to be available on uh, Amazon Fresh, all the Amazon Fresh warehouses across the country, which is, I think, 11. Amazing. Congratulations. That is fantastic. Yes. And it's very exciting. Making it exciting. more accessible. Exactly, right? I think it's great. And everybody, you know, listen, I'm a huge fan of your products. I love, first of all, not only are the products amazing and the brand amazing, but you're, you're amazing. Your team's amazing. Your wife, Susan, is amazing. Like it's, it's always about, for me, is understanding who's behind the brand and you're such terrific people and you care so much about your consumers, the environment, everything that you're doing. And it really shows in the products that you're doing. So thank you from the bottom of our heart for well, doing what you're doing and making humble, organic food. Uh, yeah. Thank yeah, you. A very humble thank you. That was a super <laughs> nice thing to say about us. Uh, a little uncomfortable, but thank you. <laughs> exactly. My mom always said, thank you very much. It's very nice to say exactly. No, but it's all true. And um, we appreciate you. And thank you for doing what you're doing, Matt. And we will have you on again. So I'm Andrea Donsky, and you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. Like us on all social media at Naturally Savvy and Andrea Donsky at Health Media Gal One and at Radio MD. Thanks for listening, everyone. Grab yourself a tall glass of OJ. Stay well.